It is podcast number 60, the fake spike. Bort, we got a win. We got a happy recap here and uh, looking forward to it. What's going on, man? Uh, excited. We witnessed it live and in color. Uh, <laughs> not a pretty win, but a win nonetheless. And uh, a lot to discuss and break down. So why don't you take us in over your takeaways? Let's get us going on something here. All right. Well, let's see. Uh, the Jets started out really poorly, and so did Wilson. I mean, it, it was like earlier in the season all over again, but they did write the ship. I don't think they righted it completely, but, and I say but, we did see a lot of improvement in the, from the second, you know, whatever part of the second quarter and into the second half. The team looked much better. Still didn't look good. I still have major concerns about Zach Wilson, but uh, again, that but. Uh, I think the Jets did a very good job of holding it together and beating a team that is you know, as bad, worse, somewhere in the same area as they are. A team, that, a game that was winnable, and they, uh, you know, they held it down and did it. Well, how about yourself? I agree. I mean, I believe it was uh, a tale of two halves. Uh, the only thing that was different is I was used to the in the good old days when the Jets were somewhat of a contender. They failed to make proper adjustments at the half, and the, the second half is where they would lose the game. This season. What give, was giving me hope is our head coach has shown he can make the halftime adjustments. It's just a matter of do we have the talent to execute enough to be in most games. So far, the answer has been no. The execu- execution has been there. This was no different. The first half was pretty ugly, including that horrendous interception that, that fell awful. just short of a butt fumble, but it was ugly nonetheless. You <laughs> uh, yeah, and... Uh, you and me, I believe, on a couple of occasions looked at each other during the game, and uh, at this point, we we had to concede that Zach Wilson simply doesn't look ready because comparing to... Forget how the other rookies are doing. You brought up the perfect point. Look at how the Jets offense sputters when he's in the game versus three different quarterbacks have now had success putting up points and moving this offense, and none of them are named Zach Wilson. Uh, so that's that's definitely a concerning, troubling sign. And but I also believe it gave us the answer that it's not the coaching, it's not this and that. At least now we can lean towards the the guesstimation that for the time being, Zach Wilson is just not up to par to be uh, to being a leader. Uh, as ugly as the win was, it was a win. I'll take it because I believe nothing builds confidence and cohesion in the locker room like winning it it helps it just simply helps uh it so all around i'll walk away happy with the win we're not playing for the number one draft pick this year uh and obviously a lot to be desired as far as the uh, last thing i want to mention i I also think i said it to you during the game (laughs) first half elijah moore i believe had zero touches and uh that was a big point of concern to me because the prior three games he really started to uh put his uh kind of put his stamp on the offense that he's that guy that can make the play and i i almost think they made it a point of a at halftime drilling into zach wilson listen get the ball into this kid's hands he's he's the playmaker now we have, we've identified him but we got to get the ball in his hands and very early on in the third quarter uh elijah moore started getting the ball and uh, he made the most of the opportunity so that was good to see the halftime adjustments were there and they paid off with a w the big thing that you said that I took away from the game, the overall thing is that, you know, we got our answer. Okay. Now the answer is we have to put some work into Zach Wilson. He he needs some development. We have to do what we need to do to make sure he gets up to speed because it's clear he's overwhelmed. Nobody can argue that. But 
again, but the Jets have proven and now there's no question now you know there was always like all right well is the play calling is it the coaching is it zach wilson is it this is it that is it the lack of talent it it, the jets have enough talent on offense to compete in this league and even you know win some games in this league the coaching has been up and down and they're rookies too but the coaching is not the problem and we now have our answer for certain because Zach Wilson came out looking terrible, and you could call it rust. You can say this, you could say that, but the rest of the team looked terrible for a little while too. And then I think what happened a little later is that the rest of the team kind of picked Zach Wilson up. I don't think Wilson did anything great. I think he kind of settled down a little bit, and uh, you know some of the passes he made, or you know even the ones he he hits on are, are behind guys and they're low or they're high. He's just not accurate, and I don't think. Uh, I don't think it's because he's terrible. I think it's because he's just not ready and he's overthinking it and he's trying to do too much that's a little bit beyond his capabilities. Now, basically, everything we've talked about, I think the game is a little too fast for him right now. And that will come with time. And I was happy to see that they, you know, that they, they, you know, whatever LaFleur did to change the game plan in the second half to make it more comfortable for him and get some other guys involved. I think after early in the season when I was ready to freaking put LaFleur on the firing line, I think we got ourselves a good one. I'm starting to have a lot of confidence in the guy. I like what he's done. Um, it, it's, he's taken a huge step, whether it's because he's gone into the booth or because it's the game has slowed down for him as well. I don't know which one it is, but he has shown that he is actually pretty good too. And, and it gives you a little bit of hope. Definitely a sign for the positive because I was ready to write him off completely. Obviously, uh, he's making amends. And again, the fact that the, the offense looked uh, borderline good to pretty damn good in certain points when Zach Wilson was not in the game, when he when he missed those three games. Um, so, yes, it's a matter of Zach Wilson. Now, listen, part of being a coach is developing young talent. And there's no bigger or more important young talent for an NFL franchise than a newly drafted franchise quarterback so don't tell me that we just hired him for the play calling it's a huge huge part of it and the last three weeks he's shown he's capable but now show me that you along with the head coach and everybody else on that goddamn coaching staff we gotta develop this kid we gotta under we gotta identify his weaknesses we gotta work on them we gotta nurture him we can't just keep missing on quarterbacks and that's Outside of wins, which, listen, nothing beats wins, but this coaching staff was brought here with the understanding that we have to develop the quarterback we draft. That's our franchise. So let's uh, let's not lose uh, focus on that as well. I Listen, I couldn't agree with you more. Is Yes, the wins are great. You want to get some wins. They help build confidence. But let's not pretend that if we were playing a good team, we wouldn't have got smoked in this game. And we were down 14-3. And, you know, the defense somehow pulled itself together. But we were down 14-3. It looked like we were about to get blown out again. And a, and a good team would have, you know. So it was Houston. Houston's terrible. They're just as bad as us. And in this crazy, wacky NFL this year, Houston just beat Tennessee on the road and, and beat them pretty good. Almost beat New England. You just never know. At any given Sunday's really on display this year. But when you're not taking into account that anything can happen, the Jets beat a bad team a team they should have beat that made just as many mistakes as they did. I'll give them the credit. I'm not taking it away from them, but you know, I, I am not about to get all happy about the game in in a general sense because it's it, we may be headed in the right direction, but we didn't take any huge steps. But there are little signs there. There are little signs that the offense has some playmakers. There's little signs that the coaching staff may not be as bad as we thought it was a few weeks ago. And of course, there's little signs that Zach Wilson's completely unready 
to be an NFL quarterback. And I think if if Zach Wilson had gotten drafted to a decent team that was not even competing, let's just say they were, you know, uh, we'll give an example like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know the record. Let's say Minnesota. You know, they're not a great team. They're a middle of the pack team. If he got drafted to a team like that, there's no way they would have played him and left him in there. But with the Jets, you know, what, why not? Let's 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 see what we have. Everybody will grow together. Let's just hope they don't ruin him. And, and as you said, that these guys are capable of developing the quarterback because that is what it's going to take. They need to go look at film and say, hey, Zach, here, you know, this this was what you should have been looking at. You're obviously thinking this, think that. Slow down, you know, whatever, whatever they need to do. I've never developed a quarterback, so I can't tell them what to do. But you, you do have to figure out a way to get that game to slow down for them. And, that, and that's the next big step they have to take. We've seen a lot of progress on, the, on a on a franchise level the last few weeks, but we are not seeing we have not seen very much on the individual player and that one player being Zach Wilson front. So uh, we'll see. The the last couple of weeks definitely made me remove my finger from the red uh, all alert panic button. I now see a little bit of progress. Um, and again, I can also attribute that a lot of the hindrances of the offense are not on a play caller. It's on our quarterback who's clearly struggling. Um, just gotta hope. Yeah, just gotta hope we can uh, we can make it work because I'm I'm just terrified. This is the this is how scarred I am as a Jet fan. I'm, after a win, I'm I'm dreading that this might be another quarterback that doesn't work out. This is how damaged I am in my head instead of discussing the win. Th- those are the thoughts floating in my mind. Like, let's please, please, let's not fold on uh, Zach Wilson. Now, the thing that's been stressing me out for the past three days, uh, two, three days, when a quarterback is clearly struggling, do you bench him at this point and risk ruining his confidence? Or do you keep running him out there and if he continues to struggle, you again risk losing his confidence. I keep going back and forth. This is one topic. This is one hill that I'm not willing to die on. Um, I keep flip-flopping on it. The decision that I made before we logged in for this podcast was uh, I'd stick with him and play him because if we've shown that we're not we're not a winless team like the Lions. So, hey, let's get him out of there. Let's get a W under, under our belt to get something going. Um, he has shown spurts. So while he's overmatched a little bit right now, I don't want to say that he's a complete lost case. So uh, my decision was run him out there. Just reps are everything right now. We got to put live reps on tape. And uh, nothing's going to help his development at this point more than actually being in defenses that are there to take his head off, to confuse him. And the live speed, uh, nothing replicates practice. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, no matter how fast and how real you practice, nothing replicates the real game to me. I am in full agreement with that. Um, But I, you know, again, but I mean, nothing but buts today. (laughs) Uh, I, I think if Zach Wilson had had a complete game like he had that first quarter and a half, I probably would consider benching him and say, listen, the guy is clearly completely overwhelmed, can't even get it together. But the fact that he bounced back somewhat now, he didn't suddenly become good. He didn't bounce back all the way. He didn't you know, shake off all of the things. But that's you know, he was much better. Uh, you know, he, he got to the point where he was just not very good in the second half, as opposed to that, you know, those first couple of drives where it was like, oh my God, what is this guy doing? And that interception kind of capped the whole thing. You know, I, I, I look back at that now and I think what happened was 
uh, you know, he started to run. So the so the running back turned around the block for him, and then he threw the ball, thinking the guy was waiting for the ball, which you know bounced off his helmet, interception, whatever. Stupid, stupid play, and that to me shows how how the game is a little too fast for him now. So I think if he would have continued to play that poorly then you you have every answer you could possibly need. You know, he he sat out four weeks. He's still overwhelmed. The team is in much better hands with any other quarterback on the roster. And, you know, you 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 tip the scales towards screwing up the rest of the team if you leave him in there. Morale, uh, development, everything. Because there's no way you can tell me that those guys, when they're looking at Zach Wilson run around like he is, and the line is suddenly not looking good because who knows, you know, whether Zach Wilson even recognizes when he's supposed to call a guy to protect against this or that. Who knows? You can't tell me that the morale's not affected. So if he would have played an entire game like he started the game, I would probably I would probably be completely okay with letting him sit, and I think it probably would have ruined his confidence to get in there and have nobody believe in him on his team. But the fact that he got it together, he got them a win, and as you have been saying all this time, nothing gives you more confidence than a win. And and this was one of those games where we always talk about the Jets like, show me progress, show me struggling in a game and hanging on for a win. That's exactly what they did. The Jets had every opportunity to give this away, and this fucking mutt field goal kicker again but we'll get to him we'll get to him the jets had every opportunity to put this game away and didn't and then managed to hold on anyway which i think i think that is a huge confidence builder for everybody on that field that they got into a close game held on you know i mean the um you know you have three wins now that are all close wins that that way you held on at the end you know and i think that is that's tremendous i think it's a huge confidence booster Uh, only one of those before was zach wilson so the fact that he got it together for me buys him some time. I don't think you can go to him and say, "Hey, listen, you, you sucked at the beginning. You put it together a little, but we're going to bench you." I think he kind of bought himself another, you know. And it could be week to week. I mean, if Zach Wilson has an entire game, or here, here, let me let me go off track for a second. Here is what I would like to see somewhere in these last few games. I would like to see the Jets get off to a decent start, not even a fast start, a decent start instead of being so overwhelmed and so outplayed and so seemingly unprepared early in the game, whether that's the first few drives or the first quarter or the first half, I would like to see Zach Wilson and the New York Jets come out strong for once, just one time, and at least head in that direction. The annoying theme of this podcast, and it stays true tonight, I agree with you wholeheartedly. (laughs) I would literally have a two and a half quarter leash on Zach Wilson uh, if he played a bad first half, give him two drives in the second half to see if he made the adjustments you asked him to make. And if not, for the last part of the third quarter and the entire fourth quarter, you got to get a backup in there. Just like you said, the offense has to believe. And if by that point, he's not making the necessary reads, the necessary adjustments, and the offensive players are kind of checking out because they see it's not happening, you got to get a guy in there who who get them focused. That's more most important, get them focused and get them energized to play. I believe that's the absolute perfect way to go forward. Hopefully, he won't end up getting benched. Hopefully, he'll uh, have enough of a spark in the first half. I'm not even talking post-halftime adjustments, but I think that's an absolute... And, and uh, listen, I, I think that could be a fantastic uh, learning tool. If, uh, if you're struggling and you're not moving the ball and Flacco comes in and in the fourth quarter, he, he's 8 for 10 for a touchdown on 110 yards... Okay, that gives you a tape for comparison of what are you missing that th- this veteran is seeing. Right, hoping it doesn't come to that, but the that that is absolutely the way that I would move forward. It's Zach Wilson's job to lose, but if you're not performing, uh, we will pull you for the last part of the game. 
Yeah, I don't know that I agree with uh, on a game by game basis. I think you, you're looking to make a, a, a big a big picture decision, and once you take them out, you, you you're done. You let them sit for whether it's a couple of games, the rest of the year, whatever it is. I think. At this point, if you do not see that he now he's obviously not going to be as good as the other three guys. It's it's clear he's not going to be there. He's, he he doesn't he doesn't have to read the defenses the right way yet. He doesn't he doesn't have the confidence to stay in the pocket long enough. Although he did you know he did a little bit better this week. Yeah, and that but that screws the whole team up because now your running backs have to you know your running backs have to protect against this. They have to your your linemen are 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 not able to block that long, or they're not expecting to block that long. The receivers need there's it affects everything. It's like a ripple effect if he doesn't trust his line or he's leaving the pocket when they're expecting him to be in a certain place. If he cannot, uh, you know, if he can't kind of get all of that together and and stay on track, then he's hurting everybody. Then at that point you say, all right, listen, kid, we're going to sit you down for a couple of weeks. I, I, I would not go the, I'm going to let you sit for the fourth quarter, then put him back in the following week. I, the, the whole yo-yo thing I think is going to, would affect team morale. I think the key here is that if he starts out slow, as you said, you give him some time. And if he falls apart, um, you know, then you got to take him out and let him sit for a bit. And, I, and I'm not talking just a quarter or a quarter and a half at that point. If he, you know, if he continues to come out slow and, I mean, if his MO is to start slow and then play much better later, then you deal with that for a bit and hope that he starts to get better earlier and earlier. But if he at any point can't get it together and looks completely terrible for an entire game and everybody around him is completely affected, then I think you got to get him out of there. I think he's on a very short leash. He's dangling by a thread, not as the franchise quarterback. I think they will give him every opportunity for the next two to three years, but at least as a guy who is going to lead the team this year because you know as we've said a hundred times we have now we now have empirical uh factual evidence that that zach wilson is not capable of leading the team the same way that the other three guys are and i mean even mike white you know as bad as he was in that last game it cost him his job whatever the case is even he has shown that he can lead this offense and make it look dynamic in the right situations and if zach wilson can't do that then he needs to sit and watch i mean it's that simple He's definitely going to be the guy to watch the last few weeks of the season. That's definitely going to be a story worth following. Uh, as far as Zach Wilson, the two things, and again, just talking of uh, nothing more than a fan with an opinion, but the two things that troubled me with Zach Wilson, one is when on his drop back, as soon as he takes that last step, whether it's a three or five step drop, as soon as the back foot hits the ground, he takes this little hop and he's off to the races. He does not wait for the progression. It's like he backs up and then he's off running. And he never, ever, ever steps up into the pocket. It's always running towards one of the sidelines to extend the play, which means pretty much every pass play, I'm thinking it's a broken route for receivers who are now scrambling to rescue the quarterback and get within his line of vision. The other thing is when he does drop back and his first or sometimes second read is open and he goes with it, you you notice that as well. A lot of the times, the ball is behind. The receiver is never in stride. The receiver has to reach back, get it, and no yards after the catch. And the reason I think that's happening is because he doesn't trust or doesn't yet understand that in the NFL, you throw to the spot, trusting the receiver to get there in stride. What he's doing is he's waiting for the receiver to hit that spot and then gunning the ball there with his arm. But no matter how much of a rocket you have, if the receiver is already on that spot and uh, moving forward, it's going to be now, uh, the ball is now basically throwing him off his stride. Those are the two things that I, uh, I really noticed that I'm like, ugh, I really got to get those fixed. Um, yeah. 
It's yeah, funny you ahead. say that because uh, yes, as when we were on the way home on the plane, I was watching the Washington game, and uh, Henneke, you know, he, he's a pretty solid quarterback. That guy, and they showed a lot of replays from behind him, and he's doing exactly what you just said, which Wilson never does. Wilson waits for the guy to break out of his thing, waits for the guy to be open, basically. Whereas Henneke was actually throwing to a spot before the guy ever made his turn. His his receiver's back was to him. His receiver was still running there, but Henneke threw it to a spot. The receiver turned around and took one step to, I guess, his left or our right, and the ball was waiting there for him. And you know, like you'll see Brady occasionally or even, you know, the, name the best quarterbacks. They they throw a pick six like something like that on a play like that because they're throwing to a spot. And if the receiver screws up, then, you know, who's waiting right there to safety, run it back for a touchdown. And that's when you see Brady or these other guys screaming at their receivers saying you were supposed to do this. You're supposed to do that. Wilson doesn't ever do that. And his and he's overthinking everything, whether it's waiting for guys to get open or just knowing that the rap on him is that he can't throw the short pass, whatever it is, he's overthinking everything. He's he's not anticipating, he's reacting, and you'll never get anywhere. It's like driving a car. The first time you drive a car, you you think of everything. You you're thinking, I have to hit the pedal, I have to hit the brake, I have to put yeah. the blinker on. Eventually you drive long enough, it becomes second nature. You don't think about any of that. You just do. You know, and until he gets to a point where the game slows down enough where he can just do, he's probably going to continue to do things like that. And his, his, you know, his his short game is so bad, man. It is I, so bad. It is it is atrociously bad. And I, I also think the harsh reality, and it, it pains me to admit it, being a diehard Jet fan, is that's a sign that he doesn't know how to read a defense yet, not even close to it. Right. Because when you identify the defense, you know the spot is going to be open or not, and you have to make your progressions. He actually is waiting for a green jersey or in some games the white jersey. Wait. He's <laughs> waiting for the jersey to hit the spot, and if he sees a glimmer of a window, he'll gun the ball in there. Right, and not only is is that you know the, the, that split second make all the difference, but that's that much time more. He's in the pocket where these guys have to block for him, and that is that much more you know that much more often the pocket's going to collapse, and he's got to run off and make a play off the reservation. So I, I agree, and I think it's clear he doesn't know how to read defenses at this point, which is understandable. He's a rookie in his first year. You're not going to come into the league and understand you know what you're looking at with a defense, but. He's 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 got work to do. Let's just leave it that way. He's got a lot of work to do. And I, I do not believe that he's going to get it together this year. I think the best we can hope for this year is what we've seen, which is a, maybe a slow start where he gets a little better. Maybe we can get as far as him not getting off to a slow start. But I think you're looking at, you know, an off season of looking at all his film in the NFL and, you know, training camp and studying this studying that whatever whatever else they have to do for him i think you look at another off season with him come back next year and maybe maybe get on track a little bit um that is not to say i'm i'm saying they should bench him at all i mean i gave my opinion zach wilson should be in there as long as he's capable of capable of holding it together and having the, the, the team be adequate i don't think he needs to light it up but he can't be back there doing what he did you know for an entire game early early in the first quarter the other day you just can't do it so, Mac, let me ask you the last thing on Zach Wilson. I want to throw a question your way, and then we'll move on to another topic. I think we spent a, lot, uh, a long time on Zach uh, tonight's podcast. Why am I not hearing any talk of uh, dumbing down the playbook like we did with Mark Sanchez, which kind of worked to a great effect the first two years of Sanchez's career before they decided he's Joe Montana and opened it up? Why not simplify the offense? Why not give more handoffs? Um uh, why not get the running games to end the rounds a little bit of trick plays 
<laughs> sorry. Uh, so yeah, right uh, <laughs> yeah, so a little bit more run game, a little bit more trickery, a little bit more guys in motion behind the line of scrimmage, uh, and let's simplify the offense. Let, instead of ninety-five plays, let's come into a game with forty-five plays, fifty-five plays. Why am I not hearing talk of that? Well, I will. I will give you a, a devil's advocate and say. Um, Number one, who's to say they haven't dumbed down the playbook for him? You know, we, we don't know. I mean, if you're not capable of reading a defense, you don't have the confidence, and you're overthinking everything, they could they could give you schoolyard plays on a, on a chalkboard, and it's not going to matter. Number one, number two. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Um, oh, number two, I think they probably did scale back the playbook a bit when you know when probably from mike white when you know suddenly white came out they're looking great the floor up in the booth suddenly you know like i know they didn't do it for wilson but they have some trick plays here and there the end the rounds and the flip backs i i don't know the the true answer but i think they probably did scale that back now here's my big concern and I was reading it somewhere like uh, you'd be surprised how many you know we talk about how crazy and stupid the people on these on these um Facebook pages are but some of them are really knowledgeable and this one guy was talking about um uh he was well, I forget the exact the exact wording but the gist of it was that LaFleur runs a west coast offense and that's all it's all predicated on short you know short slant passes and short passes where you 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 wait you, you like you you put your playmakers in a position to make the play and get the extra yards kurt warner lived on that forever i mean how, how often did kurt warner throw long tom brady spent an entire career doing that right that's what it's predicated on they've got a guy in there who is the exact opposite he's all about deep throws and long stuff and he's not accurate on the short passes whether it's his brain right now or he's just not accurate period and th it seems like the jets may be have drafted a guy who doesn't fit the system they want to run. So now do they have to change the system for Jack, Zach Wilson? Do they try and force Zach Wilson to play their system or do they eventually give up, realize it's not a match and go get another guy? So that is a little bit of a concern as well. You saw, um, you know, we saw Mike White execute the, the the short passes. We saw Joe Flacco execute the short passes and then Josh Johnson for a game. But we have not seen Zach Wilson do it. And that's what the Jets entire offense was supposed to be predicated on. So that's that's a little bit of food for thought there. I don't know if it necessarily answers your question, but it is something to think about. Valid point. Understood. Yep. So maybe they did scale back the playbook. And since we don't know their playbook, we just we just haven't really noticed. So let's talk about this kicker. I mean, they finally the Jets finally brought someone in to compete with him this week. I mean, I would I personally would cut him, but you know, that's why I'm not running in the Jets. Um this kicker, I mean, there's going to be a point that where this guy is going to actually blow it when we really need it, instead of just being a momentum killer or something early in the game where you say, oh, oh if only he had hit that, it could be this, it could be that. There's going to be a point where this guy and his complete lack of any clutch ability is going to kill us in a situation where where it really matters. And, and that day is probably coming soon. I mean, there's not a lot of games left. I don't think the Jets have too many winnable games on their schedule, but this guy is a freaking clown show. Lordy Lord, thank God we're a losing team this year because if we were on the brink of the playoffs, that guy would kick it away. Uh, absolutely a, a horror show. I mean, you can pretty much pencil him in at this point to miss a kick every game, a kick that's a makeable kick. We're not talking about 55 yards in the face of a crazy wind. This is makeable kicks that you have to routinely come up and almost be automatic on those. One-offs happen here and there. 
but this guy is a consistent inconsistency. I can't, you can't have that on a, <clears throat> you can't have that on a team with winning aspirations in the NFL. Just cannot do it. He's got to go. I yeah. I mean, I I despise when I have a kicker on my team, and the Jets have had it a few times. But I mean, even watch other teams. I despise when I have a kicker on my team where I'm just nervous he's not going to make. A, an easy kick. I mean, an extra point, a short field goal. When I, you know, I want to have that confidence that the guy's going to make it and be surprised when he misses it. This guy, I'm expecting him to miss it every time. And that's who wants to be in that position. I'm sure the coaches feel the same way, but he he is terrible. I mean, he's really bad. As you said, he's missing, he's missing a field goal every game. He misses an extra point here and there. And I, you have no ability to have any confidence in what this guy's going to do. He's terrible and should be out. Agreed. Ready to move on. <laughs> that was a quick one. All right, is there anything else to discuss? I mean, we, you know, we we, we, uh, we were in the, we were in Houston for the game, the, the stadium. To me, the stadium is nothing to write home about. It's very nondescript. I mean, it's I, you can tell it's a little bit older. I do want to throw a special shout out to my podcast partner Mac. You, my man, have set the bar with the MVP MVP pick. <laughs> Woo, I had trouble getting that one out uh, this week. Not only did you throw out Tevin Coleman, you you throw out some stats. And I don't know if the sheet is handy next to you or not, but you were pretty spot on on the carries, on the yardage. You <laughs> nailed it. You definitely set the prediction bar for the next few weeks. I uh, yeah. The thing is, the, the the laptop I brought with me to Houston um, is is upstairs, so that's where I have the stuff. I can always jump on the. Um, Podcast. Well, I, I do remember my predictions. I don't remember yours. That's the problem. I know I, Tevin Coleman, I predicted 16 for 62, and he was 16 for 67. So I hit the carries. I missed the yards by five. And then I said Zach Wilson would be 14 of 23. I say no 23. Touchdowns, no, no t- yeah, one, I said 189. Oh. He was, well, he was 14 of 24, and I said 14 of 23, or the reverse, one, one or the other, and he threw for 140 something yards. So I was off on the yards, but I was, I was almost perfect on the, um, on the attempts and the completions. So, um, I yeah, just, I mean, listen, I we don't do, want to sign do. off without giving you props. <laughs> you nailed you. it this week, said the bar, but Thanks. I'll get you back. I'll get you back. Don't worry. We got a few weeks to go. We do, and uh, listen. I mean, this is this is has nothing to do with knowledge. It's all luck. I got you know. You get lucky. You, you predict it. You know, we have enough knowledge to at least have an idea of which guys are going to play and what they're going to do for the most part. So I just got lucky this week. Every week, one of us is fairly close, and th- this just happened to be closer. No big deal. It's not that I'm Nostradamus, so don't start looking to me for predictions. It's not going to happen. All right, modesty queen over there. <laughs> whatever man okay um i guess that wraps up this one i don't i don't think we have anything else to talk about i'm sure you know if we had done this sunday we'd have more to talk about we had a great boys weekend and um we will uh, i have the kids this weekend so if we're going to do a prediction podcast we're going to have to figure out a time squeeze it in so we'll make it work even if it's a quick one yeah who uh who do we got this week we are playing uh eagles i believe oh that's right we have never beaten the eagles the only team in the NFL that we have never beaten in a regular season. That changes this week. Uh, here we go. Okay. No, not even close. I think Chris is going to kill us. Uh, we'll see. We'll I mean, I think they haven't looked great lately either. So who knows? We'll leave that for the next podcast. I'm sure we'll squeeze one in. All right, my brother. Have a good one. You too. Bye.